Welcome back to The Bubble. I am joined by the still undefeated, the still undisputed lightweight champion of the world, Katie Taylor. Many congratulations, Katie. How are you feeling this morning? Yeah, I feel great, thanks. Uh, just a few of the bumps and bruises this morning, but um, I feel great. It's great to, to still have the belts with me. It's, it's great to be going home as uh, the undisputed champion still. Um, and after a tough, grueling fight again last night, so I feel great. Um, and it's obviously another fantastic victory. Tell us about the fight itself, because uh, first couple of rounds you you were dominant, but then, as we expected, Delphine Bassoon really came at you, and it was it was tough going, wasn't it? Yeah, it was always going to be that kind of a fight. It's never going to be an easy fight against someone like Delphine, who just comes and comes. She's absolutely relentless for for ten rounds. Um, it's hard to keep someone like that um, a, a long distance for the whole fight. I knew that at some stages I was going to have to dig deep and fight as well. Um, but the fight went went as as planned really. To, um, I, I was trying to obviously box it for the for the most part. I thought I boxed a lot smarter this time around, which is great. But uh, probably got dragged into a fight a bit uh, at times as well. But for the most part, I boxed a, a bit smarter this time around, so it was a better performance. We were expecting that to happen at some point, weren't yeah. we? For, for to really swarm at you and, and it to be a real tear up. And uh, be honest, at times it looked like you were enjoying that. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem. As I, I I enjoy it a bit too much. Um, I, I was trying to be a bit more disciplined, obviously last night, and I was it for the most part. But it's hard to, to, to obviously say um, say boxing against someone like that because because of how relentless she is. You have to obviously get her her respect as well and stand and fight at some stages as well, which I which I did in some parts, but um, overall it was a great a great performance and a, and a great victory. I think the only surprise for some people was maybe that one of the scorecards had the, the fight maybe a little bit wider than we were expecting. What, what did you make of that? Yeah, I, I thought the same really, maybe two, I think the 96-94 cards are probably, probably the right scorecards, but I'm just glad the decision went my way again. And um, But yeah, I, I felt the same, it was definitely a bit, a bit wide and probably a bit, a bit disrespectful towards Delphine. She obviously put up a fantastic fight again. We've had obviously two fights over the, the last uh, year and a half and uh, we've put in 20 grueling rounds together um, and it's great to have that rivalry in, in women's boxing. I think it tells you a lot though that there were no complaints from her at all. She went over to you immediately and, and gave you a hug and she was hugely respectful in defeat. Yeah, very, very respectful and very gracious. And her whole team, where really her coach came with us afterwards as well, and um, uh, just congratulated us. And that's something that I really respect. And um, yeah, the whole team was super gracious and, and very, very respectful. And um, you know, that's that that's just incredible to see from from her and her team. So I think the next thing for you is is to have a bit of a break, isn't it? Because you've been over in America since what January, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been home in seven or eight months. Um, I, the last time I was home was, was over to Christmas. I was obviously um, training in Connecticut uh, for a fight that was supposed to be in May and obviously got, got postponed and postponed. So I just can't wait to go home now to, to spend some time with family, my niece and my nephews, my granny. Um, yeah, I just can't wait to see them. And what about the future after that? Because there are so many doors that are open for you now in terms of, of who you fight next and, and so many possibilities. Yeah, just don't mention the trilogy. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> um, I want an easier fight next, I think. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many bad possibilities for me. I think um, obviously Jessamyn McCaskill's uh, online. Um, there's no easy fights at this stage, so I'm just ready and willing to fight whoever. Really, I leave that up to Eddie and uh, my team, and I'm happy to fight whoever. 
Natasha Jonas was with us last night uh, watching your fight. I'm sure she'd love to get in the ring with you at some point. I mean, that, that again could be another super fight. But as I say, so many options for you now that every fight is going to be a big one for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's it. Every fight is a huge fight at this stage. I'm obviously defending my, my belt every single time I step into the ring. And everyone raises their game against uh, against you as well because you're, because all the belts are on the line. Um, so uh, there's so much on the line every time I step into the ring. So there is no easy fights, but this is what you want. This is what I was born for, and this is what I'm training for. I, I'm trained to be involved in, the, in these big fights, and there's nothing better. So now break out of the bubble, go home, yeah. enjoy yourself, put your feet up for a little while. Yes, break out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a long week, a definitely a different week, a strange week, but a fantastic week as well. What an experience it has been. Um, and to be involved in fight camp has been absolutely incredible. So, um, yeah, thanks so much to Eddie Hearn and, and my team. And um, I can't wait for the next fight. Katie, we wish you all the best. Thank you very much indeed for joining us this morning. Uh, Katie Taylor, still unbeaten, still undisputed, still very much champion of the world. This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred and I'm delighted to be joined by Frank Smith over Zoom. Frank, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks mate. I'm good. Uh, glad to have got back up and running. Four weeks done now, fight camp over with uh, and a, a real success. Obviously not the result we wanted last night, but a real success and Dillian White will be back. Let's obviously start from the top of the card last night and work our way down with that headline fight. It was a very competitive fight, obviously, up until the point of stoppage. Dillian dropping Alexander twice in the fourth. And then that knockout from Povetkin was sublime. It was a stunning finish. What did you make of the fight in general, though? Crazy. I mean, after, the, as you say, in the fourth round, I thought it was all going to be over when he came back out. Um, but Povetkin showed his quality. And you know, that, the, the punch he caught uh, Dillian with came out of nowhere. So a real shock, and that just shows that's heavyweight boxing, isn't it? You can't, you never know what's around the corner. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a crazy, 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 crazy fight. How did you kind of yourself and Eddie and what have you kind of react to that punch? I know you guys might have more of a neutral face or more of a poker face, but I'm, I'm, everyone who I've seen since and reaction videos are kind of, everyone was just stunned by it. Yeah, completely shocked, because as I say, it, just, it came out of nowhere. You didn't you didn't see it coming, and and Dillian obviously it was a it was a big punch, and he he's gone down. And you could see straight away that the fight the, the fight was over. Obviously, as well with the atmosphere the way it was, just complete silence, and just the two and just the three or four Russians team that were there, the Russian team that were there, just screaming. Obviously, it was uh, it's like something I've never you've never seen in the back of the, in a back garden. What did you make of a kind of a fight from the beginning? How did you feel Dillian was boxing up until the, you know he dropped Povetkin twice and obviously the stoppage later on? Yeah, no, I thought he I thought he was controlling the fight, especially you know from second, third, fourth round, um, was doing what he needed to do. You know, I think he even said he could have come out and started even earlier in the first round. You know, the first round was a bit cagey between the two of them, um, but yeah, D Dillian obviously was. If you asked me in the fourth round, I would have said it was all over. Um, but not that way round. Um, Eddie, you know, Eddie's mentioned, and you know, we've seen the interviews that there is that rematch clause there. When could we expect to see? It? I think later this year. I think we'll try and make it happen as soon as we as soon as we can. 
Um, so, you know, we'll be working on that um, and, you know, get him straight back in there. You know, although he got stopped, you know, it was quite a big stoppage. He didn't take punishment in the fight, Dillian. So I think uh, I saw him this morning as well. He'll be ready to get straight back out there and he'll want to get straight back out there. You know, maybe a week or two, two off. He's had five months training in Portugal, but maybe a week or two off and then straight back training again. I remember after AJ Ruiz in New York, you know, a fair few people were saying maybe AJ should go away, have one fight and then go into the Ruiz rematch. Because of kind of a psychological aspect of what AJ had to go through from New York, do you feel there is a big psychological kind of mounting at all for Dillian to overcome just because of the the way that he, he was stopped in the game by just a stunning uppercut? I think, you know, as we say, it's heavyweight boxing. Anything can happen one round to the next. And um, Dillian's already been through the, the feeling of losing a fight and having to come back. So I think that takes a lot of pressure off as well. Once you've lost a fight, it takes the pressure of that constant, you know, everyone expecting you to win. Obviously, he was expected to win, but he know, he knows what the feeling's like now. Hence why, you know, he's he's very not relaxed, but he's you, you've seen the interviews he's done today with Sky Sports News, I'm sure. You know, and he, he, he understands it. He, he understands what's happening. He understands what he's got to do to, to get back. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't think, I think the best route is for him to go straight back into the Povetkin fight because I believe he can beat him. What's your understanding of kind of the situation with the WBC? Now, obviously, you know, he's lost that mandatory position at number one spot. If he was to go and face Povetkin in a rematch and he's successful, does that kind of mean that he'd have to wait another year or so until the mandatory has to come into play? What's your understanding of it? No, I don't believe so, because I, I believe that the mandatory slot is there. You know, there hasn't been a, a mandatory fight for the WBC title, obviously, in, in a long, long time. So, I think... He'll go back out. He'll have the Povetkin rematch. He wins, hopefully. And then the WBC shot should be there for him as well. And it's probably not the worst timing, bearing in mind Wilder and Furious supposed to fight December 19th. So if he can get back out before the end of this year, then that fight's there for, you know, start on next year, as proposed, as suggested before. Um, obviously, just move down through the card quickly. Uh, Taylor Pursuna is again a brilliant fight once again. Um, a lot of people over social media are kind of leaning towards Delphine. On the night, Delphine admitted herself she didn't feel she'd won it. But what was your thoughts on their fight? No, uh, another another great fight. So we've had 20 rounds between those two, just going at it non-stop. Um, I, th I thought Katie Taylor won, personally. I thought she won the fight. I, I um, You know, Delphine, as always, just doesn't stop coming forward, does she? You know, she didn't, didn't stop throwing punches, but I thought Katie Taylor did the better work and I thought she was the deserved winner. Um, and as you say, Delphine believed it as well. Um, you know, everyone's, that's the great thing about boxing. Everyone's got an opinion, haven't they, about who won, who didn't win, what the scores were. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, not a, uh, I'm not a judge, so I'm not going to give you the, the exact score. Um, but yeah, I believe that Katie Taylor won, won the fight. Uh, moving on from that, Clay Congo, again, another very, very good fight and up until the stoppage once again. How would you see that fight progressing, progressing those, the rounds did go on up until the stoppage? What was your thoughts on it? Yeah, no, it was a good fight. I managed to, I was running about during that fight. So I saw, I've only seen a, a few rounds of it. I saw the early rounds, really entertaining fight um, between both guys. And yeah, no, it was good, uh, good, good win, good win there. And, you know, I think it was, we'll see 
some interesting things from Congo now as well. And Clay, you know, he, he showed a lot of heart as well. So, you know, it's not, there's a lot more to come from the two of them. Babbage winters. Babbage is just I saw that. I saw all back. of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could go uh, and talk to me about that one, Frank. Yeah. No, that, that one, Babbage is, a, Babbage is becoming a superstar. I was watching the the view the figures on our YouTube on the interview with him. I like the way he spells slow as well. <laughs> it's quite interesting. Um, but no, he's a he's a great character. Winters, you know, has just come off the back of a fight with Joseph Parker. Um, you know, and and Babich, who's had three fights prior to this, has gone in there and done that to him. So you know, it was a it was a great win for Babich, and he wants to move on quickly. And I think he's going to be a real force in the heavyweight division. Two potential forwards in Babbage, quickly get your thoughts on. He called out Philip Ergovic immediately after. A fight that you think could be made or? Yeah, I think it's a huge fight for Croatia especially. Um, but maybe that's something for a little bit down the road. You know, Babbage had four fights now. I think, he, you know, if he has three, four, three, four, five more fights, it's probably the right time to do that fight, not rush into it. Got to grow his profile. Philip's obviously been around for a little bit longer in the pro game. Um, and, and been building himself up, obviously got a big name for him. Uh, and uh, but I definitely think that's a, that's a great fight in the future. We should do it, but only if we do it in Croatia. <laughs> it might be the first show out there for Matchroom, you never know, Frank. Yeah, matchroom Boxing Croatia, mate, kick off. Um, Frank, obviously another name there, Dave Allen was kind of being thrown out by people over social media. Again, do you think, more, could that be made, Dave Allen versus Babic? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Babic is probably the right direction for Babic in terms of keeping his progression going. You know, Dave Allen's a, a big name in it. You know, he's been in there with some tough fighters. Um, but whether it's the right fight for Dave Allen right now, you know, it, he's probably looking for other opportunities. I know he's been offered a number of different fights, you know, big, big name fights. So it may not be the right time for him. And the final fight last night was Cullen Chelly again. A lot of people leaning towards Chelly or considerably favouring Chelly over socials. I had Chelly winning personally as well. But how did you see the fight obviously ending as a draw? Yeah, yeah, no, cool. Uh, again, another fight I saw parts of. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm always running about, so I haven't had a chance to watch it back today as well. I've been back down the back down the office again. So, but you know, that was a, another another great tear up. Um, as you say, I've seen a lot of the comments that people say Chelly won, um, but it was a, it was an entertaining fight, and I think both both guys have got a big future and some big fights ahead of themselves now. Frank, Fort Camp has come to a close. What's been the biggest thing that you've kind of learned about Matchroom and the experience in general as boxing's come back? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to get in a bit of trouble for some of the things we've broken in the office, though. <laughs> uh, the grass isn't looking too good, but I, I, I just think that fight camp has shown how big of a sport boxing is and how much people miss it, especially, you know, with the big fights last night. But the whole four weeks have, have been great entertainment. You know, we, we can put on a show, ultimately, we can put on a great event, you know, put fireworks up, pyros, lights, lasers, all of that. But the, fight, the fights have to, have to gel. Um, and, you know, you can make a ton of fights and sometimes they don't always work. But it seems like fight camp, it worked. You know, we had so many tear-ups, um, you know, from start to finish, uh, that, that it all gelled together. And it was, it was perfect because we wanted to do something different. We wanted to bring the sport back and, and, and keep people interested. And I'm sure that Fight Camp would. If you tuned in and saw someone's back garden with a load of fireworks going off, I don't think you'd switch over because the fights, once you turn on as well, were, were top quality. 
obviously, I know you've got dates moving forward to having officially been released and you've named certain fights that you're going to put on and fighters. But when can we look towards the next phase of boxing's return? We've had fight camp at, at the same venue. Now it's looking to go around the country once again. But I imagine for the time being, it will once again be behind closed doors. When can we expect announcements as to what the next phase is? We're just working through our schedule now, sort of our global schedule uh, for, for the UK, US, Italy, New Zealand, Spain, um, looking at all our markets now. And we're going to start putting out our plans in the next week or two of what September, October, November, you know, December looks like. Obviously, we've done four, five shows in, in four weeks. Um, so now we just, we, we don't want to rush straight in. We want to make sure we get it right. Um, we had a lot of time to think about fight camp and put the plans together for that, and that, that paid off. And now, now we want to make sure. Sorry, did it just cut off? Cut off for a split second, but no, it's not. Um, I've got low battery on my phone. That's right. Um, yeah, now, now we want to make sure that you know we carry on and keep keep the sport moving. A big part of what we did was to carry on the momentum, and uh, yeah, want to want to just keep going with that. Final thing, Frank, before I let you shoot off, we briefly spoke about it off camera there. Heavyweight division is always going to be one that catches the eye to a glamour division. On the back of a, a, a knockout as devastating as what last night was, it certainly got everybody around the, talk, around the world talking again. Was that kind of the only positive you guys at Matchroom can take, but also kind of a positive for boxing in general because five months without the sport, it comes back and all of a sudden it is back in the limelight. Is that kind of a positive you guys are taking from it? Yeah, no, of course. You know, we spoke about this last night in the office just afterwards. And, you know, we've, we promote 100 fighters and probably close to 50 shows a year. So, unfortunately, fighters lose. And that's, you start, as time goes on, doing it 10 years, you get close to people. And it's one of those things. But they always come back. And I think now boxing is changing as well, just like the UFC, where losses don't mean as much as, no, they, they shouldn't mean what, what they do. If you're taking proper fights, which these guys are, and you're taking risks, a loss shouldn't mean anything because you bounce back. Um, but but it, where your question on, on the sport and how, how good it is, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. As I say, our job is to put on the biggest shows and the biggest nights possible. Um, and we feel that we've done a good job with that. And we, we're going to keep, keep pushing, uh, keep growing and and the sport is is in a great place and will continue to grow. Frank, I appreciate you giving up some time today. We'll leave you to go and enjoy your evening now. Thank you for speaking to Boxing Social. No worries at all, mate. Good to catch up. See you soon. Don't be shy Life won't bring you down too far. Kung Cassius, IFL TV, MTK Global. Joined by the White Rhino, Dave Allen. Dave, how are you? Very well, thank you, mate. How are you? All good, mate. All good. Um, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Uh, shocking. I say shocking. I think it's just the way the fight was pl playing out. And well, then... that was it. I mean, if you'd have told me before the outcome, I'd have been a bit like, well, 
you know, it's not not an impossibility by any means. But after the after the fourth round, especially, I mean, even after the first, I, I'm watching it and I'm thinking, definitely after two rounds, I'm thinking Povetkin's an old man. To be honest, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking he can't pull the trigger. His legs look shot to bits. Uh, and after the fourth round, do you think Dylan White's boxing out? He's just boxing. Well, I wouldn't say out of his skin, but he was just controlling it. It was it was easy. You know, he's got that bit of quality. He's got a great left hand. He um, got a great jab. He catches the left hook and he throws the left hook off, off when he catches it. I'd be breaking down twice and I thought it was just fight over, to be honest. I missed the knockout punch because I just, I was only half watching it because I just thought it was all over. Uh, that round or the one after in Dillian's favour. And then he just showed his quality. He's always been a great fighter. You know, Olympic gold medalist, world champion. And, uh, it just came out of nowhere. Like I didn't even, like I say, I wasn't even watching it. To be honest, I was only half watching it. So I thought the fight was all over. Yeah, I mean, in terms of say a turnaround, he provoking previously, like you just said, they've dropped twice in round four, and we were kind of expecting Dillian White to to finish him off in round five. I think the majority of people watching that would have expected that to be in the outcome, but. Yeah, before the fight, you know, everyone going into it, I fancied White to win. I thought he was a younger man, fresher man. But I wouldn't have said Povetkin was shot. And after four rounds, I'm thinking, everyone's going to say Povetkin's shot and he's finished. You know, but I thought Dillian White boxed. Would I say as good as I've seen him? I'm not sure as good as I've seen him, but he was beating Povetkin better than anyone else ever has. It was one-sided. It was, it was really one-sided. And... Um, like I say, the left, his, his left hand just, is just really high quality, you know. His jab's good. I love the way he catches the, the, the right hand and he throws the left hook off it. It's, it's really high quality stuff. And um, everyone been talking about it. And I've just said to him, I said, yeah, mate, I don't know. Well, the shot from Perekin right out of the top draw, unbelievable. Just the jab, the way he just dips and he just throws the left uppercut. You know what I expect the left uppercut? You expect the left touch to the body. I think I think Dillian was expecting the left touch to the body because that's all Pavetkin was throwing when he dipped down. And then bang, just he just brings it up the middle and real high quality stuff. I uh what can you say? I've seen stuff with Dillian today. He said it is it is fair play. Got got beat by a real world class man, you know, rolling back the years with, with an unbelievable shot. What what can you say? Yeah, I think uh he didn't say too much after the fight last night. I don't think he really even said anything apart from uh, a couple of words about getting the rematch. But yeah, he did an interview with Sky today. And, you know, you can't really, you know, he's basically got caught. Bring on the rematch. You know, he's taken it as well as I suppose someone could in that situation. Yeah, that, that's a knockout of the year for sure. Like, he'd knock anybody out, knock an horse out, to be honest. It was just a perfect shot. And I think probably, I think he probably thought, like everyone else, that the fight was won, you know. Just a wearing down process, I thought, over the next couple of rounds and Pavetkin would be out of there. And it would be a totally different fight, you know, if that was the case. You know, we'd all be sat here now, waiting, waiting for him to watch the Fury Wilder, you know, with anticipation. And anticipation that he could beat either of them on the, going off the first four rounds, I thought he looked really well. But, um, is what it is, the rematch will happen. You know, I think Dillian would be a big favourite even coming off the defeat. He'd be a big favourite going off, going off what we saw. 
But um, it was exciting. They were at boxing, isn't it? You know, it's exciting stuff. Not too dissimilar from the Price fight, where Price nearly had him out and then got got knocked out in the round. Povetkin's just an, he's unbelievable. He's been around for so long. He's 40 years old. And he only weighs 16 stone. He's six foot one and 16 stone. But he's just highly skilled. He's, he's experienced been around the block. He, uh, he's seriously a good fighter, you know. It was... Um, you can look at it in numerous different ways. I think both of them could out of it with critics. I thought Dylan White was beating him comprehensively, really, really beating him up, to be honest. Um, and then... I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even say he switched off. I'd just say Pavetkin just had... Just one second of genius is all it takes though when you can punch like that. And that was it. So, I don't know, the rematch will happen. And I, and I, would, I would fancy Daniel White to stop him. But, um, again, it only takes one second as we saw last night. So, it'd be, uh, be interesting. It makes it, it, makes it a, a massive fight. I don't know if ironic's the, the right word, but the fact that he's waited there, much publicised, thousand days, over a thousand days, He's taking these fights when he didn't really have to. All these fights he's had over the last couple of years, he hasn't had to take them. He's almost chosen the opponents, Joseph Parker, Oscar Rivas, now Povetkin. And there was, there was always the worry that with him so close to that world title shot, that it could have been one dangerous fight too many. And that might have seemed the case last night. Well, you know, these fighting Parker Rivas, especially Parker and Povetkin, you know, they're like, they're like world title fights, aren't they? You know, they've been on pay-per-view. You know, they've had the big build-up. They're massive fights, you know. Apart from actually having the world title on the line, these are world, the world title fights, aren't they? You know? So, um, if you had a world title fight, you know, every every fight for everyone, whether it's a four-rounder or it's a 12-rounder, even when I, when I box. You send me a Nebo. That's a world title fight for me. You know, every fight is a world title fight for me. First fight as a pro against the fella from who wears security at Aldi, who's lost 60 fights. Whether you're boxing him or whether you're boxing Lucas Brown or whoever else, David Price, they're all world title fights, but you've got to win them all. And if you don't, your career, your career you know, your money goes down, your, everything goes with it. So, um, I, I believe he'll beat Povetkin and I believe he'll get his world title shot eventually. And, and coming with the loss last night, we'll probably get him world title shot quicker than if he'd have won. Well, probably not actually, because he would have been the mandatory. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, uh, he's probably more likely to get one of them big names in the ring than he was before last night, now. I mean, it's turned a, a big fight, which it was last night, into a huge rematch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's always the way, wasn't it? It's like, uh, I remember Frotch Groves, the original fight wasn't meant mm-hmm. to be as big as it was, but circumstances what happened in that fight led into the rematch one of the biggest fights ever in British boxing history and I'm not saying this is going to be one of the biggest fights ever in whatever but the it's definitely one of the most sought after fights now to see that rematch between White and, and Povetkin well I think Joshua Pugh 11 White Povetkin makes one hell of a, uh, a card in December stick it on the same card I, I believe so yeah. I, doubt. I believe so yeah. I think it's be a monster card yeah, I think why not? I think that's the that's the card to make, especially with the way this year is going. You know, I'm not sure we're going to get full crowds in at some point in 2020. And if both of them fires start happening in 2020, stick them on the same card. You know, take my 1995 for that as well. Very happily. 
Yeah, I'm sure everyone would take that, but I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, I like your way of thinking. That should be. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'd love to see it. And stick your uh, God. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta be hopeful, aren't you, in these times? <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? I was thinking as well yesterday that um, he's only lost when you really look at it. He's lost to like Klitschko and Joshua. That's it in his career. Fought just about everyone. But that's his only two defeats in like 15 years as a professional have been to Joshua and Klitschko. Yeah, and you look at him, he's, uh, he's 40 years old. You know what I mean? He's, um, he's been some fighter, hasn't he? You know? He was beating Joshua to halfway. He was beating him for the first thing. Giving him, giving him a lot of trouble. Um, I, saw, I saw Dillian's interview with Sky earlier. And then from me actually watching the fight, He's lost the fight. He's lost his the chance of getting the shot next. But for me, I thought he was winning the fight comfortably. He's not been softened up. He's not took too much damage. And people want to see the fight in Pavekin again. So really, I don't think he's massively, massively got got. Uh, apart from get apart from getting knocked out, obviously, I don't really think he's lost too much. Just I think it was. I I would argue security best performance. But it did really well because Povetkin, for me, he's, he's still a top five man, forty years old or not. He's, he's like you say, he's only lost the two, the two of the best heavyweights the last twenty years. Well, we shall wait and see. Um, I suppose we're coming towards the end of August now, so possibly something will happen back end of November, start of December. December time. Joshua Pulev card. Get him on. Get Fury Wild on as well. Go on. Stick it all on the same card. Twenty-four ninety-five. Twenty-four. Happy <laughs> bar um, Have you got a date? No, I've not got a date. I'm just waiting patiently. I watched Alan Babich last night, and um, I think he's really entertaining. Like, I like him. He's good, isn't he? Good, good to watch. But he won't beat me in a month of Sundays. He wouldn't be. He would never beat me in a million years. Couldn't beat me. So if Eddie wants to make that fight, do you know what I mean? That's uh, I'm open to it. I'm really, I'd be really, really happy to You're take it. As long as long as everyone after the fight, after after I show that he's a he's a crew cruiserweight, and I probably stop him in a round or two. As long as everyone gives me the credit and says that, he, and everyone sticks to the same, he'd smash it through me and stop me, and knock me out, even though fighters ten million times better than him haven't. And that's completely fine. I'm happy to take it. Eddie, get your money out. Make me an interesting offer. And uh, I think it's really easy work. To, I think it's easy money, to be honest. I think it's... You know, saying, I've got nothing against him. I think he's a cruiserweight. <coughs> and I think he's a cruiserweight. It was made for me. So I, I'll, I'll happily uh, play uh, rock and sock and robots with him. Very happily, yeah. Now you've, now you've even said this. I could so see this coming off now. You know, I, I genuinely, I think, I think he's good. I think he's good. I think he's a cruiserweight. He weighed fourteen nine. I lay here now, uh, seventeen twelve. And Ortiz, White, Yoka, none of them put me over. So I don't see why a fourteen stone eight crew swing is going. He won't even lay a glove on me. To be honest, people, so I'm, I'm easy to it. I'm not easy to it. How easy to it? All these top men have been knocking me spark out. They never have. So. You know, I just think it's easy. I just think it's, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say it's easy, but if I didn't stop him inside three or four rounds, I'd be really disappointed. 
Well, now you're just talking about it, like I said, I can see there being some legs in this, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, like I say to Eddie, I'll happily fight him, 100%. Make the money all right. The money don't have to be nothing groundbreaking. Make it fair. If the winner, as long as the winner gets a big fight after, I'll, I'll box him September 26th, whatever that day is. Well, I'm ready to go. I'm really excited because uh, I'm really fit and uh, I beat him no problem whatsoever. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. It was just a quick reaction to last night anyway. Uh, but apart from that, you okay? Everything all right? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, the card was good. Taylor Pursuing was great again. I thought Pursuing won, to be honest. She's a beast. I wouldn't want to get in. I wouldn't want to keep, keep, fall out with her, like. She's a beast of a woman. Good fighter. Taylor Taylor did well. I, I just thought Pursuing won. Who else went on? What was the other fights? Chris Congo. <laughs> Congo, yeah. I, I really rate Luther Clay. I think he's a really good fighter. So Congo, Congo beat him and looked really good. Shelly Cullen. Draw. Um, I thought Shelly won, but I didn't think it was any good fight, to be honest. I thought the fight was all right. But um, Cullen, Shelly, draw. Probably could pick that on the sign chaos again. Shelly won quite comfortably, I thought, to be honest. But, uh, but yeah, I actually enjoyed it. It was good. It was good. Um, I missed the Channel 5 boxing, to be honest. I missed that. But um, that's it, yeah. So, Babbage, yeah. I'll go through Babbage first. I quite like him, actually. He's really entertaining. As a fighter, like, I thought Winters would win, but it'd be too clever for him. Well, the race fighting is 12, didn't it? But, um, yeah. I smile because he's because he's not people. I was just reading stuff like Alan Babbage should not be hiding around, and I thought, like this. What? How's he going to do with that? <laughs> and I'll, I'll put in the same face you're pulling now. What? And it hurt me pride a little bit. So if that shows on in September twenty six, get ready to ring me. I just. I see it. I see it as a as a ring as a ring rust. Get her off her. I don't even see it as a big fight. I just see it as an easy comeback fight. It's for me, to be honest. And I don't even talk like that. That's not even how I talk. I would never. Oh. I'm not being. I'm not being derogatory towards him. I think he's a very good cruiserweight. But I just think. I was looking. I just think. You know what I mean? I think. Wow. All right. We shall see what happens. I quite like the fight now you mentioned it. Well, you do your thing. You oh. do your thing as always. I will, I will. Um, okay, Dave, thank you very much for your time, as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a catch-up in due course. Hopefully we'll see you out in action sooner rather than later. It's been a while. Very well. I told you I'm there, I'm ready. September time. All right. Yeah, man.
This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV in association with MTK Global via Zoom. I'm joined by Al Siesta, of course, was at uh, last night's pay-per-view card. Let's start off uh, with your guy, firstly, Luther Clay. Um, obviously, disappointing night uh, at the office. Firstly, how is he, health-wise? Okay. Hi, man. I talked to him. He was very deflated and disappointed last night. Uh, he just forgot all his bags and everything in the hotel and stuff. So, but he, he's, he's okay. I mean, he's okay. He's obviously very disappointed. But I knew how good Chris Conger was, but I didn't want to shy away from that fight because I knew Luther really can do it as well. But unfortunately, he just didn't turn up on the night. Uh, Connor was very quiet. Uh, and even if they gave him any advice, he didn't listen. He just kept marching forward. And really, he made Chris Congo's job very easy, really. He was a target yesterday. He thought he would over overwhelm Chris Congo with his bravado, but that wasn't the case. Chris is a very slick operator. And that was 25% of Luther Clay, really, I know, intellectually. Boxing-wise, he made it really simple and really easy to, for Chris to take the belt away from him. And by the way, congratulations to Chris. I'm really pleased for him. I know how hard he tried for that. I was very sentimentally uh, touched by he had the belts on the wall and he was praying every morning. That was really, this is the kind of fighter. He was visualizing it and it's well done for him. And if ever I can assist to Chris Congo in his career, I'm always there as well. But primary Luther Clay is still my fight, so obviously he'll come back strong and he will learn from this fight and understand to listen to the team and get mature quickly. That's what he needs to do because he's only a young man. He's 24. Mm. Uh, at times, the fight was uh, very good. Luther was doing some good work to Chris's body. Um, but I think uh, there was a few things. Uh, Chris's size, firstly. Um, he, he was having so much success with the one-two, Chris. And, uh, yeah, it, it, you could see he was hurt, hurting Luther. And credit to Luther, he kept coming forward and kept coming. But it, it, I think uh, the stoppage was inevitable at, at some point. It, I agree completely. It was inevitable. The problem is whoever knows Luther, he is susceptible to one two. Everyone who spies Luther, they know it's quite easy to land on him. But when he wants to, he becomes invincible. He's got really good head movement and everything. But the Zulu warrior arrogance about his chin Always, we've been telling him since you cannot be negligent towards your head. Don't think you can batter with batter the baseball bats with your head. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. You need to be very careful. It takes a really good operator or takes a puncher for you to just suddenly find yourself on the floor. And you know what? With him, he's so stubborn. And this is a lesson for him to understand. You can't fight with your head. Because Luth is much better than that. He's got really good set of skills. He understands about head, head movement and everything. But he just, for some reason, he lost respect. He was like a crazy man last night. You know? And obviously, uh, inevitably, got punished by Chris. By better operator. L last one on this. What happens uh, now for Luther Clay? Obviously, a rest. But uh, what are you planning for him? Just three weeks rest, go back to the drawing board. I'll speak to Eddie. We'll see what we're going to do. If Ed doesn't want to use him now, I've got laws of Cold Wars coming up where I rebuild Luth. He'll be back really strong, much stronger. Lots of questions we have. I saw something yesterday that I didn't like. And in general, there's no one to blame, particularly what happened yesterday at all, because I know this accumulative 
uh, proportion of factors that were around for the last year with Luther Clay that summarized and what happened yesterday. So uh, because I'm a promoter full time now and not just a manager, obviously I have big stable of fighters to take care of and lots of commitments to deliver. Obviously I put my, I bring my attention back to Luther again and um, we will need to tidy up the situation. But overall he'll be back very strong and he's only 24 as I said and very talented kid. Let's move on to the main event. Uh, your fellow countryman, Alexander Sasha Povetkin, with a superb knockout. It kind of came out of nowhere as well because Dylan was controlling the fight, uh, dropped him twice in the fourth. But uh, Alexander took it away from him in the fifth. Just uh, your thoughts on the fight and how it ended. Right. My thoughts on the fight, as you know, I put a post up with uh, Boxing Social where I said it's inevitable. The KO is coming. I've got no doubts. I never doubted that for a second. And the reason for that, I tell you, Alexander Pavetkin is very, very wrong stylistically in every single aspect of the boxing game for Dillian White. Dillian's ring IQ and understanding of the game, his experience, he's a kickboxer. He's a tough kickboxer who is really, a bit like Luther Clay, learning his trait uh, as he goes along. And Mark Tibbs and the guys done fantastic job because Dillian really excelled. Plus, he had massive luck on the way. And he was on the whisk of losing a few times, as you saw. And he pulled it out of the bag with Chisora or Joseph Parker and Oscar Rivers. But Pavetkin is too experienced. He's too clever. Listen, Pavetkin was old yesterday. But even old Pavetkin, who's been dropped twice, Apart from those two drops, he was commanding the fight. He was throwing better body shots. He was leading from round one. I don't know what Adam Smith and Mac Macklin saw. Pavetkin was, was doing all the job for me. What Dillian was throwing was like a very lazy jabs and caught him twice. Yes, he did. But Pavetkin was sniffing around Dillian, trying to understand. And that's what I knew. Sooner or later, he would find the key. And that came in an impeccable fashion. And I know Dillian will come back, but what a stupid fight to take. In terms of matchmaking and your mandatory position, this is the worst opponent you can sniff around at that particular time. And that's why I said, and I was a bit arrogant, I know, saying, guys, I'll be wrong. You might think I'm wrong. You might think I'm crazy, but it's under no circumstances. There's no any other result as a KO. And that's what it was. And listen, I'm not Nostradamus. That was just foregone conclusion for me. And for anyone who understands heavyweight boxing. Same outcome in the rematch, Al? 100%. Don't take that rematch. I'm telling you, don't bother. Don't bother. It's just going to end up even worse. Seriously. Okay. How, how it's just a wrong... Do you understand? Listen, wrong fight is like almost like if I ask Luther Clay to take rematch against Congo. It could be better... It could be better, but it's the year's gap between Luth learning and understanding about the distance and the pedigree of Chris, who finds the fighter of Luther Clay's caliber and general style very appropriate for him. And that why, that's why the reason Team Congo recognized in Luther and they offered this fight. And I couldn't shy away from it because I wanted to see where Luth is. Same is with Pavetkin. Unless you wait another three years when he's completely old, even old Pavetkin will find the key to Dillian because just Dillian's boxing is suited for Pavetkin's style. Simple as that. 
How do you think he gets on with the likes of Wilder, Fury, Joshua? No chance. No chance. Not, oh, Pavetkin, no chance as well. Maybe, maybe with Tyson Fury, I tell you why. Sasha knows about the punching power dangers. Uh, Tyson, unless Tyson puts on him like what he did against Wilder, if Tyson will be playing with him, Pavetkin is actually quite nifty himself, as you saw. So he could find that what he did with his uh, cousin, with uh, Huey Fury. Yeah, is Huey Fury cousin of, of Tyson or brother? It's first cousin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this is kind of Tyson would be suited. I mean, Tyson is the sleekest heavyweight around, but I think he would be more comfortable than Wilder. Saying that, Wilder is vulnerable. I mean, vulnerable as we saw. But you know, Sasha is getting older. I saw it yesterday. He's getting older. He's getting older. I mean, Pavetkin three, four years ago would have been very good for all of them. And there's a reason why he's top four heavyweight at the moment. But outside of that circle, Dillian is really stupid rematch. I wouldn't even bother. Trust me, that will really put Dillian's confidence out. You cannot teach Dillian quickly to deal with Pavetkin. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I truly believe Pavetkin learned about Dillian much more than Dillian learned about Pavetkin, believe me. Last that's, that's, one. That's the bottom line. L last one before I let you go, Al. Um, the opening fight of the card. Uh, I think I have to say practically everyone had Zach Chelly winning that fight against Jack Cullen. Uh, the judges saw differently. Right, okay. Let me tell you about that. I don't know for whatever reason, maybe because it's my fight and I'm not liked at the moment by British Boxing Board of Control. I don't know. I felt a bit cold yesterday from British Boxing Board. Not the guys, from the governors. Um, but I don't know what's happened. Zach Chilly clearly won. Listen, even my children, they're 11 years of age, and my, my kid called me crying, saying, why did, did they give a draw when Zach clearly won? Because my son called Zach as well. So he was crying. He was crying about Zach Chilly. Guys, this should be stopping, because as soon as possible, listen, I may be guilty. In, in, in Belarus, I had similar nonsense happened. And I'm not blaming British board, by the way, guys. Just please understand. But what I'm trying to say, fighters put their life on the line, train twice, twice a day in order to go and perform in big pay-per-view shows, try to build their careers, and then you deprive them from the opportunity by giving the most stupid decision. How can you see that Jack Cullen winning? How? What, from what? what? What is the criteria? I want to know. What is the criteria? Apart from Jack, uh, uh, Zach Kelly being not English and Muslim, and otherwise, well, other, other guy was a white British kid. I mean, is that the only prejudice? What we could base upon it? I don't know what any other, do you understand what I'm saying? What is the reason? What is the reason? I mean, dodgy decisions happen all the time. Uh, all the time. And that's what annoying about boxing. All the time. And yesterday wasn't an exclusion. Yesterday, it just was. Listen, dodgy decision happened on my shows. And <laughs> I wasn't in control of it. I was proper angry. I said, what the fuck are you doing, guys, to Belarusian Federation? What are you doing? Where are you watching? Is there a second ring somewhere here? What are you watching? No? Uh, what, is Zach okay? How is he feeling? Zach is good, man. Zach is good. He's a warrior, isn't he? He's a major head. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They're proper strong people, aren't they? I mean, they, they need to go to the drawing board again as well because um, lots of what I seen I didn't like yesterday because we just started to work together. So I've got plan. I've got a really good plan for Team Clay. I've got a really good plan for Team Chelly. Uh, I'm making some signings as a promoter. 
some British fighters this week coming, which will be announced, really good ones. So, no, man, we're building up. So, yes, the boxing building is stable, man. And I think I need to be more involved, again, on the management and training side. Need to overlook the processes more because um, I'm now focusing on promotion game and not trusting the teams more, which is I am a control freak by the nature. And I need to stay that way, I think. I need to poke my nose everywhere because that really helped me in the past, you know? All right, Al. Uh, thanks for recapping uh, last night's card. A lot of uh, controversy and uh, things to talk about uh, involving uh, your fighters, etc. So it was good to get you on. Hopefully catch up soon, okay? Brother, thank you. God bless you, man. Bye. This is Rob Tebbett for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. It's the morning after the night before Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin last night. I am joined by WBC President Mr. Mauricio Solomon. Mauricio, how are you, sir? Fine, fine. Uh, good evening to you. Good morning from Mexico. And I'm very, very uh, excited of uh, the great promotion that was put in last night. I mean, I have to praise... Uh, all involved because uh, this is the best uh, show we have seen uh, in the whole year. It was amazing, unbelievable. Uh, the best fights during the pandemic era and uh, the great show. So I'm, I would like to congratulate everyone involved. And it was just an unbelievable night. Now I'm going to play devil's advocate here, Mauricio. There were several shows last night. Which one are you talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about. Uh, Dillian White against uh, Povetkin and Persoon against uh, Katie Taylor. Of course, Matchroom, uh, Matchroom Camp, is it Fight Camp? I think that's the way it was called. It was just amazing. So congratulations. Yeah, I knew which one you were talking about. But of course, we'll start with uh, Matchroom Fight Camp last night. The big news in the boxing world. Dillian White knocked out in the fifth round by Alexander Povetkin. First and foremost, what did you make of the fight, Mauricio? First, I would like to express my uh, concern for Dylan's White uh, health. I am sure the British Boxing Board of Control has taken all precautions, and I am hopeful that all tests will come uh, with uh, good results for, for Dillian. Uh, a shocker, absolute shocking, but not uh, something that could not be expected. It was a great fight that uh, it's even, it was a little bit underrated worldwide. Uh, it was a tremendous matchup. Povetkin has been in the ring with some of the best, has taken the punches from all the best, and uh, he stayed in the fight and landed a, uh, one of the greatest shots in the history of heavyweight division. I mean, it was uh, amazing. It was surprising. It was uh, exhilarating. After being down twice in the fourth round, comes back and knocks out cold, dramatically, uh, Dillian White. It was certainly dramatic. Um, if you can, this is a question I'm asking to everybody I'm interviewing. What was going through your mind at the time where Alexander Povetkin landed that left uppercut? Let me tell you a brief story that I learned from my father since I was a kid. 
uh, watching him uh, in ringside, watching him after the fights. And then I asked them, uh, what you just told me, what goes through your mind when a fight is over? And he taught me, and I learned from that, uh, you feel extreme happiness for your new champion. And at the exact same time, you feel sad and pride and uh, very deep feelings for the fighter who lost. My father taught me always to go into the ring and go first with the fighter who lost. Because uh, to understand how uh, in events like last night, with one punch, everything goes down. Everything is finished with one punch to empathize with their feelings, with their dreams being shattered. Uh, so much work before that moment. And uh, then you go to the winner and celebrate with, uh, with uh, happiness. So it's a very complex mindset that uh, I feel I have been fortunate to take it from my dad and put it into work. And I have that exact feeling at the exact moment for both the winner and the loser. That's very well I don't said. Know, I, hope, I hope that uh, responded to my, uh, your question. I did, yes. Thank you very much for sharing that. Um, always a, a pleasure to hear stories of your father, um, the late, great Jose Suleiman. So thank you very much for sharing that with us. You just mentioned your new champion, Alexander Povetkin, of course, picks up the WBC interim heavyweight title as well as the diamond title. Now, me and you, I mean, I speak to you more often than I speak to my partner, I think, at the minute. <laughs> but um, just for people who haven't seen the interviews that we've done in the last couple of weeks, explain how last night's result impacts on the mandatory status of the WBC. Yes, um, Povetkin conquered the WBC interim championship. And a, a special trophy was uh, presented for this fight. Uh, the fight of this magnitude, now everyone understands why. Uh, some people would say, why this fight for a diamond belt? You saw it last night. Uh, the diamond belt is a trophy. Uh, it's just something that the winner gets to bring home. Uh, the, the clear communications that we have openly had for months and that were ratified during the convention and then in our uh, interview, uh, Dylan White was guaranteed that had he won the fight last night, was going to fight the winner of Fury Wilder 3 without any intervening fights, without any concessions. That was um, the mandate. Now Povetkin is the WBC interim champion. And uh, uh, the WBC rules call for interim champion to fight with a champion to eliminate such. Um, the WBC has no time at this moment. Uh, we have to go back uh, to the board and to just see. There are now, it's a completely different scenario. There's even talks for a rematch, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the ruling, uh, which was very clear, and I am happy that you and I spoke many times, and nobody can come back and start another issue. Uh, very clear. If White won, he was a may immediate mandatory to fight the winner of uh, Wilder Fury. It's not the case. 
Povetkin won. Uh, it's a great scenario for him. It's a great position. But uh, we will see about the specifics for Alexander Povetkin. Now, you just touched upon a rematch. Now, immediately after the fight, Eddie Hearn and Dillian White discussed a rematch. Were you privy to that before the fight was made? No. No, the WBC uh, rules, in, in this specific uh, rule, it's very old. Uh, we have a provision of not allowing direct rematches. That's a rule that was implemented in the 1970s to uh, clear the sport from uh, a possibility of doing a fight that would result in a, you know, in an immediate rematch and then you have the control of the division or you leave open for a wrongdoing or whatever reason the rule was put in place. However, the WBC has approved many direct rematches when they are, when a fight is of uh, importance to the world, when there's a public demand for such fight, uh, when there's a controversy, when there's a great fight, and uh, this fight has the elements because uh, uh, White was dominating the fight, knocked him down twice in the fourth, and then he got knocked out cold in the fifth round. So I, I would think that the WC board would approve a rematch without any problems. So just to clarify that, because obviously I knew about the existing rule with the WBC. I've had a lot of questions about this in the last 24 hours. So just to clarify, the WBC you have to approve the rematch, but in your opinion, you can see the Board of Governors approving the rematch for the interim title. That is correct. Yeah, every fight, every championship fight has to go through a process of approval. And uh, this one, being a direct rematch, of course, has to do a voting by the Board of Governors. So, but as I mentioned, I, I see uh, no reason why the Board would not approve a rematch. But the first thing has to be the medical clearance of Dylan White because that was a, a very uh, dramatic knockout. What sort of time scale are we looking at for that, Mauricio? Dillian White and Eddie Hearn say they want to invoke the rematch clause straight away. Uh, can we expect a decision from the Board of Governors sometime soon? Well, the, the British Boxing Board of Control, uh, I am not certain if they impose medical suspensions after fights, after knockouts. So that's the first uh, step to see what's the medical suspension on Dylan White, how many days, uh, and then uh, training and then fight. So I, I don't know, that's a timeline that uh, it, it is up to the promoter. Of course, they are coming after a complicated uh, camp with, with all the pandemic, but uh, Dylan White did a tremendous job he came in, I believe, 20 pounds uh, lighter than the last fight. So he had uh, good work. Uh, now they need a uh, time to relax and, and, and recuperate. And then would start the beginning of training. But uh, I don't know. It's just a matter of making some math and, and have a... But that the word is, is in the network and, and the promoter. So if they're going to do a rematch, they, they are the ones that will be putting a timeline. Now, obviously, um, Alexander Povetkin knocked out Dillian White last night. He's now the interim champion. Um, his date, again, uh, I appreciate we've discussed these things, but we're going to go over them again for people who haven't seen the other interviews. Um, 
would the status now be for Alexander Povetkin? He, I mean, obviously we had the February 2021 date initially for Dillian White. Alexander Povetkin is now part of a new mandatory cycle. Is that correct? Yes, because the interim champion is, is mandatory contender. Uh, but there's no timeline at this moment. Uh, he just won on August 22nd. But uh, uh, it, it's, it's something that I'm happy that you are asking in order to clarify. Everything that was ruled was clearly stipulated for Dillian White uh, getting in, considering all the process that uh, which occurred. Now, Povetkin is the interim champion and he has uh, rights and he has, of course, uh, uh, benefits, but also has uh, obligations. So uh, he, he just won the, the, the championship and it will be up to the WBC board to analyze and rule regarding the mandatory status of the division. It's fair to say, though, that now uh, Dillian White is no longer the mandatory challenger. He, now he's no longer interim champion. That provided, well, regardless of the winner of Wilder Fury 3, that WBC champion will then more than likely be granted a, a voluntary and not a mandatory. Absolutely. There's, there, now there's no time uh, restrictions in, in any sort of way or manner. So... Uh, Whatever, we will see what happens. Uh, December 19 is a fight for Fury Wilder. And, and then uh, there are many opportunities that could lead to any, any fight. Now, a lot of people, myself included, were watching last night because obviously the heavyweight division, the marquee division in the sport, everybody has been talking about an undisputed fight, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury. A lot of people looked at Dillian White's status with the WPC as something that could potentially hold up that showdown between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. Now that's out of the way, all roads clear for undisputed. Well, that's, that's a fight that uh, everyone has been speculating in the recent past. Uh, Fury, Joshua. In the past, it was so much speculation, Wilder Joshua. So many things have happened since, uh, since everything started uh, boiling down to a showdown for all the belts and this is the beauty of the sport it's a great sport uh, it changes the lives of the fighters for the good and it's a very tough sport when uh, something like last night happens to you i empathize with dillian uh, he's my personal friend and i can feel he must be uh, feeling very down right now but He's a warrior. He's a, a, he has overcome obstacles, and I am sure he will be back in top shape. Okay, Marissa, well, just before I let you go, because as I say, we're, we're doing this sort of once a week now, so we don't have to get everything done today. We can save a few things. Um, Alexander Bovetkin last night weighed in at a very trim 224 pounds, which is, of course, one pound inside the proposal of the new weight class. Um, just your thoughts on that, really. It only occurred to me at the time, and and do we have any development, any update with regards to that? We saw Tony Bellew last night on the Sky broadcast talking about his role in it. Just talk to us about the developments with the new division. Well, it's a, it's a fact. The heavyweight is a king division, and one punch can do it all. We saw it. Uh, the the 224-pound uh, knocking out the 250-pound 
And that, that has not changed. And it was discussed uh, when we were uh, talking this, because there is a, any, any heavyweight from 201 or even a cruiserweight can challenge for the heavyweight championship. The proposed division is to look into uh, those cruiserweights that uh, do not take the step going to heavyweight and that they have to sacrifice weight and, and be into a complicated situation to stay within 200. And also those uh, smaller heavyweights, the ones that are naturally 205, 210, that are down in that uh, region. And uh, any of those could challenge the heavyweight. That, that's not something that has not been put aside. Uh, we are, uh, with, through, through Tony Bello, he is talking to fighters to see what is the fighter's opinion, what they feel, the smaller heavyweights, what do they feel, but they can still challenge the heavyweight. So this is ongoing. I, I feel very uh, good from what I've been hearing. There's a, of course, there's always the, the traditionalists that wish we had only eight weight categories and that uh, fights would be 15 rounds or maybe 50 rounds open as it was uh, at the beginning. But uh, we're trying, this is something for safety, but also for, for giving the opportunity to those smaller heavyweights, large cruiserweights that would find a niche where they can compete for a championship. Well, we look forward to hearing more from that. And obviously we saw last night just what a 224 pound man can do against the 250 pound man. Uh, before I let you go, Mauricio, we are no doubt going to be um, joined in this interview or people are going to be watching this. A big percentage of UK fans. Now, of course, we've been, we've been doing our interviews for, for quite some time now. We're getting a regular thing going with the UK. What message have you got to fans from the UK who would have watched last night the WBC interim title between Alexander Vekin and Dillian White. My salute to all the British fans. You are the best in the world, without a doubt. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised every time there's an event uh, in England, in the UK, there's a tremendous following, uh, which is great. Uh, social media is a great uh, uh, element that adds to the sport. There are a few of you fans who are very uh, aggressive. Uh, if you tell me something with respect, I take it and I accept it and I learn from it. But if you tell me something that my daughter, my son, my wife reads, I simply tell you that it's blank, that I will not accept uh, direct attacks with uh, bad words that have no backing. If you say something with respect and that makes me be better, I will take it and I appreciate it and accept it. But overall, I salute, I take my great respect for the British boxing fans. You are the best. Okay, well, there we have it. Mauricio Sullivan, always a pleasure. I'm sure I'll be speaking to you before too long. Thanks very much for speaking to Boxing Social, as always, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Take care, Rob. Have a great Sunday. Thanks, Mauricio.
This is Umar Ahmed for IFL TV and Association MTK Global. It's quite early in the morning, joined by Adam Smith over Zoom. Well, what a night on a Saturday, Adam. Um, Alexander Povetkin, as we were just saying before we started, potentially knock out the year and could, that, could end up being that. Absolutely. First of all, it is early in the morning. Excuse if the, the kids make a bit of noise around. It's breakfast time, etc. Um, just recovering, really, from uh, the drama of, of Saturday night and, and really the, the whole four weeks of fight camp, which was a, a fantastic success. It was a, an immense operation to take on. Um, you know, really innovative idea from Eddie and Matchroom and uh, the teams worked so hard in producing such a spectacular month of boxing. But the finale on Saturday, I mean, no one could have scripted. And that's the unpredictability of boxing. I mean, it was, uh, it was just extraordinary. Um, you know, we've covered fights, as you know, for the last sort of 30 years on Sky. And, um, you know, you, you, you've got to sort of pick a, a handful there, which were as dramatic as the ending on, uh, on Saturday night. You know, Dillian looked like he was about to win the fight, you know, at the end of the fourth round. He had Povetka down twice. The body language in the corner wasn't good from the Russian. There was a lot of shaking heads. And, you know, it was a bit of Russian roulette, really. He, uh, he probably just had maybe a couple of rounds left in him. And you didn't know. You know, he lost it to AJ in, in the middle rounds and just wondered whether his own punch resistance and nearly 41 was going. But the one thing you, you'd never lose in, in the heavyweight division is your power. And, um, you know, he... He had thrown a few body shots earlier, um, but I did think Dillian was in real control of the fight. And uh, that's why the it was so dramatic, because it sort of came from nowhere. The punch came from almost, you know, his down, right down on the floor and, and drove up that uppercut through the middle. And, you know, it was the, it was the one shot, obviously, he'd been working on a lot in, in training camp. They'd studied Dillian um, you know, intently. And when we talked to Dillian afterwards, he said, look, I blocked those sort of shots 200 times in sparring, but he didn't see it coming. And it was lights out and, you know, compelling, isn't it? The, uh, the heavyweight world and, you know, it spins around and you move forward. But yeah, crushing night for, for Dillian White after spending so long, you know, over a thousand days waiting for his world title shot, taking the risks, taking the big challenges. You've got to take your hat off to him. But take your hat off to Alexander Povetkin, you know, at that stage in his career, last chance saloon and literally last, last real chance in the fight. Um, the manner of victory, the way it was going, makes it just an absolutely stunning upset. You know, yes, there were people that picked Povetkin beforehand. He wasn't a huge, huge outsider, but I think the way the fight was going, you know, if you'd said at the end of the fourth round, Povetkin's going to win in the next couple of minutes, you know, you just wouldn't have believed it. So it was, um, I don't know what, what you felt when the punch landed, but Matt Macklin was totally speechless. And, uh, you know, I had to get my words together pretty quick because um, you rarely see something like that, do you? Yeah, I think it was a bit surreal. And I'm sure it was even more surreal being there and commentating on the fight. Adam, um, third, fourth round, I think Dylan was in complete control, as you were saying. Um, a lot of people did think the first two rounds, um, Alexander was doing pretty well, especially to, to the body. Um, I'm not sure if you and Matt saw it that way as well. I know you both had Dylan winning that round. Just can you clarify the first two rounds, how you saw them, though, please, Adam? Yeah, Dillian was, I, I thought the first round was close. I mean, it would, that, that not, not much happened in the first round. You know, both of them were landing shots. I just thought Dillian might have edged it, but, that, you know, you could give it the other way. Um, the second round, again, pretty tight. Povetkin, 
was landing body shots. You know, he was chugging forward, but I just liked the, the cool way that Dillian was going about his work. I don't think there was much in those first couple of rounds. You know, if you, if you put them to Vivekin or you put them to Dillian, that, that's fair enough. Um, Matt scored them both to, to Dillian and, you know, he had Dillian up. I mean, look, I, I think ultimately it doesn't really matter um, because the third and fourth were, were he, he, he certainly took over the fight, White, and uh, good jab, his own body shots. You know, I just thought there was a real loose, languid feel to him. I thought he was going about his business. I thought he was softening Povetkin up. It looked to me like the, the, the legs were, were, were bendy at times at Povetkin. He, he didn't look stable. You know, even after the first round, he, he wasn't sure which corner he was going back to. And you know, we've seen that before in the last couple of fights with Alexander Povetkin. And you thought, you know, maybe he is nearing the end. But no, I, I understand that. I understand that. Um, uh, I saw what Joe Gallagher wrote that, you know, he, 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 he put lovely body shots in. And, you know, look, but was he, was he preparing for that one shot? You know, who knows? I mean, he would have practiced that in, in training. But certainly he was, in, he was in real trouble at the end of the fourth round. He'd been down a couple of times. He didn't see those shots coming from right. And, you know, to be honest, at the end of the fourth round, you, you just thought Dillian was, as you said, in pretty cruise control. And it was just a, a case maybe he wasn't going for the finish because, you know, he was just taking his time and there was a dangerous man sitting in front of him. And we know what Povetkin did say to David Price, for example, you know, when he was hurt. And, you know, he, he, that's when they are at their most dangerous. Um, but, yeah, I think, look, if people felt Povetkin, Andy Scott certainly felt Povetkin won, a couple of those early rounds and I can see that and looking back at that yes and, and you know you've got to remember as well we're 10 meters away from ringside at fight camp you know it's uh, you're commentating half from 10 meters away half off the monitor and um, you know it's not as clear as being on the ring apron definitely not which is obviously where we commentate you know week in week out uh, and have done for years so it is it is slightly difficult you've got a perspex um, screen up in front of you you've got the the monitor there and you know I, I watched it all back when I got home and yeah I think Povetkin um, did do a decent amount of work with the body shots but still I felt Dillian was in real control um, whether he was up by three rounds four rounds whatever it, two rounds it doesn't really matter you know he was certainly uh, on the on the verge of, of, of victory you know two knockdowns in that fourth round and he uh, he, he you know he was there to to, to stop Povetkin, you'd have thought in five, six, seven, you know, it really didn't look like any other way, which was what made it so absolutely dramatic. You know, you, you were questioning Povetkin, you were questioning whether at 40, nearly 41, he still had it. And uh, boom, there was that one punch, which can turn heavyweight boxing on its head. We've seen it before. Oliver McCall and Hasim Rackman needed just a, a shot to knock out Lennox Lewis. He came back from it, and now we've got to see whether Dillian White has got the minerals to, to do the same. I think he will. Um, you know, the immediate rematch is, is obviously um, a big thing. Um, it's going to be a, a fascinating one to see if, um, you know, if, if he can... If he can, with the Dean and sort of get back to what he was doing so well at the beginning, because he looked light and right in, in camp. Um, you know, but maybe we're all um, a little bit um, guilty of, uh, of just writing Povetkin off a bit. Um, I, I thought he lost the fight with Michael Hunter out in Salvi. It was a bad night for him. And, and on that evidence, he sort of felt that, you know, the timing was right for White. And it certainly looked like that, you know, going into the fifth round. But um, as we know, one punch can change anything. But um, that's heavyweight boxing for you. And that's the drama. Adam, even if Dylan is victorious uh, in this rematch, oh, alarm's going off. Uh, it's a huge blow, isn't it? Because he's been waiting so, so long, over a thousand days, everyone knows. And even if he does win that rematch with Povetkin, 
this WBC situation isn't going to come around straight away for him. Um, and it's it, it probably likely that Fury and Joshua will get two fights in next year if they if they win their upcoming fights. Um, so from a career perspective, it is a big blow, isn't it, for Dylan? Well, of course it's a big blow. You know, he's right there. He's ready to fight for the for the WBC title. But I think even if he had won, you know, the, the, the whole sort of Fury, Wilder, AJ, Pulev, Axis situation goes on. You know, the heavyweight picture is confusing. What we did know was that if he beat Alexander Povetkin, you know, they would have started negotiations to fight for the WBC belt. That's held by Tyson Fury. If Tyson Fury still held it by February, he would have got the shot. If he didn't, then he'd, he'd fight for the vacant title. So it's a massive blow for Dillian. Obviously, he understands that. But, you know, I've always admired Dillian White and the way he's gone about his career. He lost to Anthony Joshua. You know, he, he's come back. He's fought so many tough, top campaigners, you know, from... Lucas Brown, who was unbeaten at the time, yes, he was slow on the night and, and he was knocked out, but, you know, he was a threat. You look at Derek Chisora a couple of times, Joseph Parker, Oscar Rivas. He's not had an easy run, Dillian, and he's taken the fights, really, you know, the big challenges to almost to fight for, for the people in a way. He loves entertaining. Um, and, you know, I spoke to him a lot in the week before. He seemed in a really good place. I think everything had gone right with him. He was talking a lot about George Foreman and Evander Holyfield, how they took on the... He took on everybody, even if they didn't win them all. So I think that's what Dillian White's mantle will be. And I think that's what he'll be remembered for, for never ducking anyone, never ducking a challenge. But obviously, it's a, it's a big setback. The good news is for him and Eddie that they've got a rematch. The good news for the fight fans is we'll see a rematch. So in a way, that's a compelling one for the back end of the year. Uh, and Joshua can get on with defending against Pulev. Fury hopefully fights Wilder uh, sooner rather than later. And then, you know, there'll, there'll be plenty more, you know, twists and turns for 2021. But I think what it shows is, you know, Anthony Joshua's lost. Tyson Fury very nearly did in the first fight with Deontay Wilder, you know, just for you know, getting up off that knockdown. If he hadn't, you know, they would have all had sort of one defeat apiece. And, you know, Andy Ruiz has been beaten as well. Deontay Wilder's been stopped. They, they, they've all sort of shown vulnerability. And I think that adds to the, the casual fans' attraction to the heavyweight brigade at the moment. You know, did, did people complain when Muhammad Ali lost to, to Joe Fraser? Yeah, he had to sort of work his way back. But, you know, Ali's been flawed. You know, they, they all were. They were the ups and downs in that era. You know, you know, with Lewis and Bo and Holyfield and Tyson, it didn't matter. You know, Riddick Bo knocked Holyfield down, Holyfield knocked Bo down. It was part of the drama. You know, you didn't, a loss isn't, isn't the end of the world. You know, the fact is that it's come at this time where we all said it was a potential banana skin, but I think most people felt Dillian would deal with Alexander Povetkin. And until the end of the fourth, well, the fourth round into the fifth round, you, you, you thought that was going to come true. But uh, hats off to Alexander. Never stops. He keeps chugging forward with his career. You know, still dangerous. He's a clever fighter. And, you know, it shows at that age he's still got it. And, uh, you know, he'll, uh, he'll go in very confident into the rematch and he'll hopefully end up fighting for another version of the world title. He just won't go away, will he? Adam, uh, the rematch between White Povetkin has been touted uh, for November, December time. Same with Joshua Pulev. And obviously, I know Fury Wilder uh, 3 would be on BT, but again, another pay-per-view at the end of the year. So we're potentially looking at three pay-per-views um, within the space of possibly four weeks. Is that a bit of a concern, Adam? 
I think people want to see the big fights. I think that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, obviously, we've, we've got to look at the picture, at the schedule. We, we can't have them sort of overlapping each other, et cetera. You know, you need build up to, to each. Obviously, Sky Sports box office events have got to be special events. Well, the rematch between White and Povetkin obviously is. You know, Anthony Joshua definitively against Kubrat Pulev. And yes, almost certainly on BT Sports, on the other side is, is Wilder and, and Fury. So, you know, they're all really good fights. And, and I think that, you know, the, the boxing fans will want to see them if they all sort of fall towards the end of the year. That we've got to remember, this is the first Sky Sports box office event we've had this year because of what's happened with the pandemic and lockdown. So I think we just have to wait and see, but we'll look carefully at, uh, at dates and, and make sure that there's, um, you know, there's gaps. But if there's a, a little bit of a sort of late surge before Christmas, then, you know, happy days for fight fans as well, because there'll be some massive fights. And I think that's the difficulty at the moment. I think um, I've said it before that for Eddie and, and uh, Team White and, and Brian and Team Pursuit and everybody to get, obviously, and, and, and World of Boxing, everyone to get that that event over the line without a gate, without a crowd was fantastic. You know, it's the only big event we've had since uh, Fury Wilder. And, um, you know, it's going to take time to work out the financials for all of these, uh, these fights going forward. But um, yeah, they, uh, they look like Sky Sports box office events and um, we'll make sure that if they are, they're, uh, they're given the full treatment. But um, let's wait and see. It's, uh, it's early days. We're only in August. Um, let's get our breath back from fight camp and, uh, and see where we go. Pleased with um, indications so far for the uh, pay-per-view numbers over the weekend, Adam? Yeah, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're solid, they're good. I think that's, um, that's a, a good, you know, obviously people have missed the, the big-time boxing. You know, everybody uh, wanted boxing back. And I think, you know, there was a, a tremendous desire to see, you know, two fantastic fights, uh, Taylor Pursoon, White Bebekian, and, and, a, and a great card. And I think the fight camp you know, project and product has really appealed to, uh, to fans. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's, it's good. It's, it's, uh, you know, we, we will look at figures and stuff and we, we assess them and it takes time for them all to come in, etc. But, uh, you know, the indications of course are good that, you know, that people, and I think just from the amount of people that have, have been talking about it and the buzz it's created shows that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was a fantastic Sky Sports box office event and it looked terrific with all the, uh, the work that went into it with the, uh, you know, the, the, the fireworks and the, and the razzmatazz, but actually what it's all about is quality fights and you know, we pretty much got them from start to finish. So it was a terrific night and we're very happy. Just a couple of comments. Uh, let's start with the, um, the first fight, Zach Chetty and Jack Cullen. I mean, what were the judges seeing there, Adam? Look, you know, the, the, the judges have a job to do. You know, it's, it's, it's all very well to criticise commentators for reading a fight and saying what we think. It's all very well to criticise judges for, for what, what they say. And, and fans are, are entitled and, and right for, for their subjective opinion. And we listen and, you know, we, we all sort of learn from things. But, you know, we, we call it as we see it. The judges score it as they see it. And, uh, you know, it's, think fights are subjective. I, I personally felt Zach Chelly won fairly convincingly, so did Matt. Um, you know, one of the judges gave it to, to Jack Cullen. Um, you know, Cullen was competitive all the way through. You know, he, he gave his, his all in a, in, a, in, a, in a tough fight. But for me, Chelly, you know, Chelly won it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a subjective sport. And, um, you know, there's, uh, there's different ways of looking at things and different ways that you can assess. And, yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was one that was really unlucky for, for Zach Chelly. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's the way it goes. It's not our cards that matter, it's the judges. And, uh, 
you know, what were they looking at? You say, well, you know, they, they scored it the way they felt. Um, and I felt that Javi was very unlucky not to get the win. Adam, I had a, a fair few tweets over the weekend about um, picture and sound quality uh, of the pay-per-view. Um, I did have similar problems on mine. Uh, most of the broadcast did work, but just uh, how aware are Sky and yourselves of some issues uh, for people for the pay-per-view? I was very aware on the night because all our screens went down. You know, it, it was it was it was a blackout. You know, it, it's happened once before when we uh, I think we we're in Cardiff for the uh, might be the Takam or possibly the Parker fight, um, and uh, and you know the. The, the power went on, on one of the ring walks and literally, you know, you're taking a backup mic, you're trying to find a, a new feed, a new stream. I'm not a technical person, but there's brilliant operational people behind the scenes that look, look technical issues can happen. And, you know, we apologize profusely for anything that, that was, I mean, out of our control. All we want to do is, is put on a terrific event from start to finish. You know, we've got teams behind the scenes who, who, who work extraordinarily hard, you know, to try and give the, the, the best product and the best, you know, excitement that we can do. And occasionally technical issues just uh, just happen. You know, I was aware of it on the night. We apologise for loss of sound and picture. Um, I don't think it went on too long, thankfully. We've got everything back up and running. Um, but, yeah, obviously there'll be, uh, you know, we always look at things that went wrong. Uh, more than one of the things that go right, you know. Everyone's saying, oh, it's an amazing show. Whatever. we tend to nitpick and say, well, did we get this right? Did we get that right? Can we do that better? Can we improve? We're always looking to, well, it's Eddie at Match or us at Sky. That's why you know, we, we shoot to the highest level because we're always looking to get things better. You know, even if it was a near perfect night, um, you know, we, we, we always look to, to improve on it. And yeah, we're aware of technical issues and we apologise to you and to everybody out there for, and we did on the night for any problems, but um, sometimes they're just out of our control. Okay, Adam Smith, thank you very much for coming to IFL TV. I'm sure we're going to catch up soon in this uh, ever crazy boxing world that we're living in at the moment. Um, but yeah, thanks for your time. We'll speak soon. Cheers, Umar. Take care, mate.